शिला गुरुदेव की जाए श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाए श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाए ग्रंथरा श्रीमद भागवत की जाए श्री भ्रमर गीत की जाए घोर भक्त वृंद की जाए घोर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि बो बाप श्री बकरेश्वर पांडित की जाए सो प्रणाम टू ऑल ऑफ यू गुड मॉर्निंग फ्रॉम रालिक मोर देन वेलकम टुडे वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग विथ आवर सीरीज ऑफ लेक्चर्स ऑन द ब्राह्मण गीत द सॉन्ग ऑफ द बाम्बल बी वन ऑफ द मेन सॉन्ग्स इन द भागवतम श्रीमद भागवतम ग्रंथ राज Tenth Canto, one of six main songs uh, expressed by the Gopis, hmm? the last of them, if we if we may, hmm? especially sung by the topmost hmm? of all Gopis, Sri Mati Radha. So today we are in our twelfth meeting, where we will be studying verse number seven of the Brahma Gita. After five introductory sessions, we had trying to give context to the whole. song of the bumblebee we are starting to study one after the other another all of these 10 verses of the brahmara gita so today's verse number 7 which corresponds with verse number 18 in the 47th chapter in the 10th canto in the in the bhagavat narrative so as usual we will begin first of all by uh, doing some brief recap or i don't know how brief but we will try our best connected to our previous lecture where we will be we were studying verse number 6 from the brahmar git and the interim situation there was that the bumblebee was suggesting that krishna matura was absorbed in shirada which is true as we always mention i mean shirada hears in her divine mat the bumblebee saying that interprets his humming in those lines uh, krishna is absorbing you remembering you and shirada will reply to that idea in that in this verse we are now doing a recap of speaking about krishna's cruelty not only in this lifetime but in his previous descents in previous lifetimes all of that she heard from purnamasi from the lips of the gurvi of the spiritual teacher of the whole branch so she had to say like like a hunter he cruelly shot the king of monkeys with arrows and because he was conquered by a woman he disfigured another woman who came to him with lusty desires and even after consuming the gifts of bali maharaj he bound him up with ropes as if he were a crow so let us give up all friendship with this dark complexioned boy even if we can't give up talking about him vistajastat hmm? katharta So as we mentioned maybe this is the most famous verse of the whole Brahmar Gita which is in itself a famous section of the Bhagavata as we mentioned considered by many the most important chapter of the whole Bhagavatam which exactly corresponds with Mahaprabhu's experience in the Gambira hmm? these most esoteric moments of the absolute and in connection to Mahaprabhu there are some reasons why women say this is the most important well known verse in the Brahmar Gita this verse is appears twice in the chaitanya bhagavat invoked by mahaprabhu when mahaprabhu 
just before accepting sannyas and being imbibed in Radhabhav, especially in the man of Shirada, in the sulky mood, jealous mood of Shirada. So we know this famous uh, pastime when Sri Man Mahaprabhu is chanting Gopi, 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 Gopi. And someone comes to him and says, why are you chanting Gopi? You shouldn't chant Gopi. That's not prescribed in Shastra anywhere. You should chant Krishna. But again, at this moment, Mahaprabhu was in Radhabhav and especially in Man, which means he's angry with Krishna. So when someone says to him, chant Krishna, and Mahaprabhu, in this, per, in, in this section of the Chaitanya Bhagavad, twice, Krishna Das Thakur mentions, he quotes this verse of the Bhagavatam, saying, you are telling me to chant Krishna, but he, but he shot Bali from like, hiding from a tree, he disfigured Surpanaka, he cheated Bali Maharaj. So twice in this in this narrative of the Chaitanya Bhagavatam, Mahaprabhu invokes this Bhagavad verse from the Bhagavad Gita to justify why one should not chant Gopi. One should one should not chant Krishna. Sorry. And after that, as we know, he he ran after that person with a stick in his hand, trying to beat him. <laughs> and all this took to the Sanyas Lila of Sri Chaitanya there. So it's a very interesting also connection we can make between, again, Brahmar Gita, Gaur Lila, and the Sanyas Lila of Mahaprabhu, which we have trying to connect a lot regarding the inner meaning for the Sanyas Lila of Mahaprabhu and how he, through that, is trying to repay the gopis, trying to renounce all family ties as the gopis did for him in Krishna Lila and so on. So this may be some of the main reasons why this verse is so appreciated by Gaudias. So in this verse, Sirada is showing in the Brahman Gita, going back to the Brahman Gita narrative, she's expressing Sanchari Bhav. Remember, everything that Sirada is saying all along these verses are Sanchari Bhavs. Different ecstatic emotions which have a transitory nature and nourish the Stai Bhav, the main emotion that defines herself in connection to Krishna Madhurya Bhav. So here she's showing fear as a Sanchari Bhav. She's fearful of Krishna because of his cruelty that she's not even able to pronounce the name the, directly the color of his hue. She's not able to say black. Hmm? What to speak of mentioning his name directly. So she's not saying Krishna or Syam, which also can mean black. But she refers to him with the term Asita in this verse. So Asita means non-whitish, non-white, which is another way of indirectly saying black. So she implies with all this, everything that is black mm, makes me fearful, makes me tremble. Mm. Krishna has a black heart. He's black on the outside, he's black on the inside. So I don't want any connection with anything black. Mm. So in this verse she again refers mainly, in the, at least in the uh, explicit meaning of this verse, she's referring to Krishna's previous avatars, like Sri Ramachandra and Bamandev. Mm. The first line speaks about Bamandev, sorry, about Sri Ramachandra. Uh, acting in a very cruel way. And all of this converging in Krishna's cruelty, again. And Ramachandra's Dhirodhata, a very sober hero, Mariyad Purushottam, the very personification of, of being a right person, if you will, dharmic person. So if even Ram has defects, what to speak of Krishna, who is not Dhirodhata, he is Dhiralalita, a carefree lover, and so on. But Ramachandra acted cruelly, again, with Bali, the king of monkeys. He attacked on him from his back, which and he killed a monkey. You cannot even eat the, the meat. A hunter will kill an animal. Mrigayur will live, subsist on the animal's flesh, meat. But a monkey, you cannot eat the monkey's flesh and you won't sell that in the market. So why you are killing the monkey? That's even 
criti a hunter will criticize such an action, Shirad implies here. So if, if he's acting in such an abominable way as Ram, what to speak of Krishna? All this converges into the figure of Krishna, the psychology of Shirada. So with this first example, she refers to Krishna's cruelty. The second line, she says, he's attached as Ram, again, to Sita, so attached in a lusty way to a lady, he disfigured another lady, Surpanaka, who approached him trying to be to please him or be pleased by him. And Ramchandra says Kshatriya should have reciprocated with her. That's the duty of a Kshatriya. But he didn't do because of attachment to his other lady, to the other wife, Sita, last. And again, as we say, all these examples could be used to glorify Ramachandra, basically. <laughs> if you can say, I mean, he attacked Bali to protect uh, Sugriva and he... I mean, he made an Ekapatnibrata as a king only with Sita, his marriage, so that's why he didn't respond to Surpanaka. But Srirad is presenting that in the context of her Bab and criticizing him. So, first line, cruelty, second line, last, and the third line, if you may say, well, but he was a Kshatras Ramachandra, he has some license to be cruel or whatever. But as a Brahmana, he came, as a Brahmin like Bhamandeva, he cheated Bali Maharaj, asked him only three steps of land, he took everything from him, he tied him as a crow, like Bali, as if Bali were a crow, or Bhamandeva behaved as a crow, also like taking all the offerings and then like hurting the person who, the handwood that was feeding you, and then he hence sent him to the underworld, to Patalalok. So this third example has to do with Krishna's deceit and ingratitude. Again, all this converges in Krishna. It has not, nothing to do with Ram or Bamandev, but specifically with Krishna. Of course, these other figures are avatars of Krishna. So this is the general meaning of the verse. And also Sanatana Goswami makes, gives another purpose to this verse, speaking directly about Krishna, all of these lines. First line is that Kapindran referring to the king of monkeys, refers to one who shakes the earth, which refers to a bull. And this refers to how Krishna killed Aristasur which in the eyes of Radha here is worthy of criticism because he's a bull, he's the personification of Dharma. We know this gave rise to the whole Radha Kunda and Shama Kunda Lila, appearance of that plagues. The second line is, he was attracted to the deformed lady, Kubja, in Mathura. He didn't deform a lady, disfigure a lady, but he was attracted to one one. She was a henchwoman, henchback woman in Mathura, which we know, actually, Kubja was attracted, and, and Krishna reciprocated eventually. And, it, and the third example, instead of referring to Bamandev with Bali, referred to Krishna with Indra. He took everything from from the offering that the Brajabhasas were doing to Indra in the Govardhan Lila and so on. So also in this verse, interestingly, we see this example of Aishwarya coming to the surface, with Sri acknowledging previous avatars of Bhagavan, and therefore Krishna's avatari. But, as we mentioned, the Aishvarya, when it comes in separation in the Brajabhas, is not in union, only nourishes the Madhurya, only nourishes their intimacy to Krishna. That's a unique psychology in Braj. Even if Aishvarya comes to the fore, they will only increase their attachment to him in terms of intimacy. So, this, in this verse, Sirada ends up saying, let's uh, give up all friendship with, this, with any, that ha any black complexion entity and personality, anything that has this color that. And the bumblebee at this point, according to Sirada's psychology, will ask her, but if you say all the things and criticize him so much from tip to toe, why you cannot stop speaking about him? And that's when Sirada finishes the verse with the most, maybe the most famous part of the verse, Dustyajas Tatkatarta, which means 
it's very difficult to stop speaking about Krishna. Not to say impossible. In other words, he's saying, I can live without Krishna, but I cannot live without Krishna Katha. Which is a very important lesson for us sadhakas in our particular type of separation from Krishna. How important it is for us to take shelter in Harikata. In today's verse, we will see that idea further developed. So this particular verse is an example of Avajalpa, which has to do when a lover, impelled by jealousy and fear, declares that Sri Hari is unworthy of her attachment because of his harshness, lustiness and dishonesty. These three points in these first three lines of this verse. And this is called Abhajalpa. So to further illustrate that, last class we also shared some verses from the Hamsa Dutta from the end when Lalita sent the message to the Swan, to Krishna. And in and the end, they, she referred to Krishna in connection to the different members of the Das Avatars. So, and, and one verse also from Vidagda Madhava in this same connection, since we were speaking in Das Avatar terms. So today we will continue with the following verse, which can, is kind of connected with the previous verse in, in, in terms of Harikata, and what's the effect of Harikata and so on. So before going to the verse in itself, let's connect one verse with the other, the previous verse with today's verse. There's always some in between the lines, ideas given by our Purvacharyas. So Srila Sridhar Swami, the famous ancient commentator on the Bhagavad, in connection with the previous verse, again, Shirada ended up saying, Dusya Jastat Tatarta, it's impossible to stop speaking about Krishna, it's impossible for me to give up Harikata. So she continues saying, and moreover, we also know that discussions about him uproot the threefold principles of success in life, known sometimes as three varga, Dharma, Artha, Kama, Purusharthas, considered by most goals of life. So, even though we know that Harikata is uprooting these principles, yet still we cannot give up. So, what can we do? And, there, and thereafter this, thinking like this, Sri Swami says, Sri Radha will speak the following, the next verse, today's verse, which is verse 7 of the Brahma Gita. So, I will share the verse with you in the chat section here in Zoom, and I ask someone of the ones connected if you can share that in the thread in Facebook, please. So I'll read the verse first in, in Sanskrit and then we will go to the English translation and try to unpack some, some of its meaning there. Jadanu charita lila karna piyusabhi prut sakridadanabhi dhuta dvandva dharma vinasta Sapadi griha kutumbam dinam utsriyatina Bahava ihabi hanga bhikshu charyam charanti. So Shirada says, To hear about the pastimes that Krishna regularly performs is nectar for the years. For those who relish just a single drop of that nectar, even once, their dedication to material duality is ruined. Many such persons have suddenly given up their wretched homes and families and, themselves becoming wretched, traveled here to Vrindavan to wander about like birds, begging for their living. <clears throat> so this is a very special, unique verse, as we will see, with lots of meanings. Lots of implications and nuanced. 
ideas present there. So let's try to first go to the word by word meaning here and then we will try to uh, further unfold the content. So first line says Jadanucharita Lila Karna Pyusa Biprut. So Yad means whose Anucharita refers to constant something that is constantly performed. Implies some dynamism, ongoing situation. And Lila, Lila refers to pastimes. So it has to do with Krishna's pastimes, as we will see. So what happens with these pastimes, ongoing dynamic hmm, exploits? Karna Pyusa. Hmm? Karna Pyusa. Karna means ear, hmm? or for the ear in this case, and Pyusa means nectar. So Karna Pyusa is like, say, Karnambrita. Nectar for the ears. Biprut. Biprut says a drop. A drop of such hearing, as we will see, of such nectar. And the next line continues the idea. Sakrita dhanabhituta dhandva dharma binashta. So sakrit means even once. Adana. Adana means by partaking, by relishing. By relishing even once. One single drop of such nectar for the years, which consists of the descriptions of Krishna's Lila, hmm? what happens? What's the result of such hearing? Viduta Dwanda Dharma Binashta. So Viduta means entirely removed. Dwanda, Dwanda, the very word it says is duality. Dwanda, duality, Dharma, propensities. So it has to do with dual propensities. Totally removed. All dual propensity, like we say here, all dedication to material duality is removed. Binasta, further to further establish, Binasta means ruined. So this is uprooted and all prospect for so-called material success is ruined. So we will start to see, maybe you already are getting this sense, that Shirada seems to be condemning something, but actually she's praising that thing that she seems to be condemning. In the third line, she says, Sapadi grihaku tumbam dinamutriyadina. So, Sapadi means immediately. All this happens immediately. It doesn't take too much time even. That's such the power of Harikata, this idea. Griha kutumbam. Griha means their homes. Kutumbam means families. Dinam means wretched. And utriya means rejecting. So, such people who enter in touch with such nectar for the years in the form of Harikata immediately abandon house family, become the wretched house and families. Utriya, Dina, means the Aban and Dina. They themselves become wretched. She says, and the last line further qualifies the whole idea. What happens with such people? Bahaba, Ihabi, Hanga, Bhikshu, Charyam, Charanti. So Bahaba means many people, not only one person can give testimony of this, but many people, again, remember, all this is being said from Shirada's perspective. She herself is the main example of this, if you will, leaving aside all social and family considerations and just running into the forest and becoming like a mad woman living in the forest. That's her present situation now in separation from Krishna in Braj. So, Bahava means many persons have done this. I'm not alone in this, basically. Iha, Iha means here in Braj. Coming here, Bihanga means like birds, means birds, but implies like birds, like birds for Bhikshu Charyam. Bhikshu means begging, and Charyam means the livelihood. They, they adopt the means of subsistence called 
Madhukari. Now we are here, she's speaking to a Madhu card here, to, to a bumblebee, so it's a proper example. Charanti. Charanti means they pursue that lifestyle. They come here to Braj and act in that way. So that's the word-by-word word translation of this verse. So let's go with what our Purvacharyas and commentators have said to us in order of, order of seniority, as you know, as we have been doing, starting with Sridhar Swami. And then continuing with the other Goswamis, today we won't have purport given by Sanatan Goswami path, so we will go to Sri Jiva Goswami and then Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti path. So Srila Sridhar Swami, apart from what we already shared, he paraphrases here Sri Radha, mentioning the following, she says through him, his Krishna's activities, Anucharita again, means activities, ongoing affairs, are his pastimes. In other words, an important point, whenever Krishna acts, that's not normal action, ordinary karma, impelled mm, by the desire to enjoy this work, control, by karmic depth that is taking us to further act in that same direction. It has not to do with an emptiness that we need to fulfill through reactionary work, but it's just out of fullness, as our Guru Maharaj was saying yesterday. Krishna is totally satisfied, and when one is totally satisfied, one plays. And in that play, he finds some purpose to attain. In the, that's what we call Lila. Mm-hmm. Krishna says that in the Gita. Janma karma chamedibhyam. Ibam jubiti tatuata so on. So, janma karma chamedibhyam. My birth and my activities are divya, are divine. So that means Lila. I do not engage in karma. If you want to use the word karma, in the Gita he says, divya karma. Mm-hmm. My activities, karma means actions, are divya. So that's what we call Lila, divine exploits, play. So Sriada makes this point to begin with, even in the context of apparently criticizing Krishna, saying his activities are Lila, are not karma. There are, in other words, being engaged in under the shelter of the Swarup Shakti, not under Maya Shakti. This is not ordinary affairs. So such actions are nectar for the years. Karna Piyasa, Karnamrita. And by just once honoring one drop of it, people will find their propensities of duality, such as material attachment and so on, eradicated. And they will become ruined. She's speaking, again, praise in the form of criticism. It seems she's promoting material life and and welfare in this world. I say, be careful with that. If you want that, all that will be eventually ruined and you will become like low-class people. Again, Parok Shabbat, from tip to toe, <laughs> in direct speech, glorifying Harikata. So many verses in the Bhagavatam glorifying Harikata. So many beautiful verses. Satam prasangam mamabhidya sambhido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kata. The Bhagavatam will praise Sri Harikata as rasayana, like a, a Vedic term, like an elixir, like a tonic. The Sanjivani that will give new life. Nibritta tarshairupagiyamanad. Mabosada Chutra Mano Biramat is famous word from the Bhagavad. Even this Harikata is a tonic, but not only like an Ayurvedic medicine that you have to take when you are sick. And when you are cured, healthy, you don't need to take it. There are some Ayurvedic herbs that you can take even when you are healthy. That kept they keep increasing your healthy, your health. So in the same way, Harikata. It's not, not only to be taken to get freed from material attachment, but also nibritta those who are free from all attachment, like Sukadev Goswami, 
they find attachment to that. Indeed, these famous verses say to be one of the few verses that Sukadev Goswami heard while running to the forest and Vyasadev made him return, send the good cutter and say, recite these verses. So he himself is proof of that. He reads the Tarsha, he was Atmaram. So, in that context, Shirada is actually glorifying Harikata for those who have ears to hear that. So she said this here. And they con- she continues saying that people give up their miserable homes and families and become miserable themselves, devoid of pleasure, material pleasure. Just like birds, they become beggars, barely maintaining their existence. Therefore, this topic should be given up. Yet still, we cannot do so. Again, she concludes with this idea. I cannot give up Krishna Gata. I cannot give up. And that's the idea. You shouldn't give up Krishna Gata. She's indirectly showing to us an example to follow. Addiction, addicted to Krishna Gata. And Sridhar Swami also in his Bhavarta Deepika, Purport to the Bhagavatam, he explains that according to Sanskrit grammar, uh, the last two words of the second line of this verse, which are Dharma Vinasta, which, has, which means their propensities are ruined, their material propensities are ruined, may also say Sridhar Swami be divided at Dharma Avinashta, which inverts the meaning, as you know, the A at the beginning creates the opposite meaning. So, then, then the entire line becomes part of a single compound, and the meaning of which is that hearing about Krishna cleanses one of irreligious duality, and thus one is not vanquished, avinashta, by material illusion. In other words, Krishna Gata protects one, enlightens one, and so on. And also, similarly, Sridhar Swami mentions that the one Dina in this verse, which is translated as Dretchit, can also be given the alternative meaning of Dhira, which means sober. So such a person who enters in touch with Harikata becomes spiritually sober, and thus gives up attachment to temporary material relationships. And also, Sridhar Swami says that the word Bihanga, which is translated as birds, normally, in this case it refers to a specific type of birds, which are the swans, the hamsas, which are the, the paramahamsas, the ultimate, the symbol of essential discrimination. Sometimes say that they can take milk from a mixture of milk and water. And also, in the context of beg- begging like a bird, such a hamsas of paramahamsas, they execute the occupation of begging, which is refers to the stage of paramahamsa, great sages which just subsist on whatever comes to their life, taking the essence of everything. So again, on one level it may be seen as a criticism, but on another level it's a praise. You have to do that. You have to run in that direction. So the implicit conclusion in this verse, in terms of Parok Shabbat, in direct language, is therefore, this message of Krishna, about Krishna, Harikata, remember last verse, Tatkatarta, which refers Karikata or the goal of our speech is to speak about him, these messages are impossible to put aside. Because why? Tatkatarta, they constitute the supreme goal of life. Kata arta. Arta means also something to attain, that which is to, that re, that which is to be attained, necessity. So ultimately, this verse is saying that to us, especially to us, Saratas. So these are some words from Srila Sridhar Swami's Bhavarta Deepika. Now let's continue with Srila Jiva Goswami's Lagu Bhashnaptoshni commentary and some other ideas found in 
in, in his Kramas and Dharma, and especially in his Gopal Shampoo, which is a retelling of the 10th canto of the Bhagavad in a very beautiful way. So, according to the Gopal Shampoo, Sri Jiva mentions that at this moment, Sri Radha Thakurani paused for a minute, reflected, and spoke this verse, saying, Oh, those who praise his character, again, not mentioning Krishna directly, are influenced by Maya. I will say yes, Yoga Maya. <laughs> Let that be, she says. But by the influence of its Maya, such glorification quickly uproots the essence of Dharma, which is the wealth of married life. Again, she's speaking with deep insight about this, deep realization. She herself is the main <laughs> example of this, Parakya. It makes them embrace forbidden conduct and reject household life. Again, Parakya, Sarvadharma, Pariteja. It makes them poverty-stricken or striken. And finally, they end up begging like birds. She died in the forest. Her home is the forest. and her and For her, the forest is home and the home is the forest. <laughs> so, Sri Radha continues, How can I describe his cruelty? Even those people who hear a little of his pastimes become cruel. By association with the cruel one, you become cruel. So, according to Sri Jiva, after thinking like this, it's, it is that Sri Radha speaks the present verse. Hmm? Saying that Krishna's, his activities, Krishna's activities are for his own use, hmm? like independent play, whimsical hmm? Play like that of the small child who is playing just without purpose. As, as we mentioned, his actions are without purpose because he has nothing to attain. He's fully accomplished being Bhagavan, Atmaram. But in the context of his Atmaramata, of his self-satisfaction, he plays. And inside that play he finds something to accomplish. Padarama. But again, Shirada seems to be criticizing all that. So this should, these activities of Krishna should be criticized since they are contrary to activities for people's benefit. These pastimes are nectar for the year, karnapiyusa, but in meaning they gave pain to the mind. For the year, the year tastes them sweetly, nicely, but when they go to the mind and you reach out the implications of that, oh, they give pain. And they are not profuse, but scant. And are eaten only once and tasted only slightly from a far off place. So with all this, Shirada actually showing her thirst, unquenched her thirst for Harikata. It's never enough. We can always hear more. Anantakatara Sashakim Brahmajan Madhur says in the Bhagavad after this. <laughs> and how this Harikata affects oneself, says Sujiva and Gopal Shampu, first <clears throat> as a faultless. These talks smear the ear, unlike a tongue with their nectar, are smearing the ear. Later, they enter the intelligence and start to agitate there, like a drink, like a poisonous drink, made of poisonous datura powder, which is a, a, a venomous and poisonous plant, make powder, mixed with sugar. So it's very sweet, but it's poisonous. Then Shirada says, according to Jiva Prabhu, I think they are not birds, but human householders. All these human householders that were made to be, to become beggars, bewildered by these songs about Krishna and beaten by their relatives. Now they have become beggars, like birds. And by this, by hearing this, by entering in touch with this sound about Krishna, relationship between couples 
is destroyed. Say Shirat again, Parakia. Parakia is Shirat is married to his her so-called husband Abhimanyu for the sake of Lila. But the attraction toward Krishna make her cut all those ties. And that don't care about anything and just run behind the flute again. So such people become like birds. After hearing the pastimes of Krishna just once, they will give up all consideration. They, they will give up their poor fathers, poor mothers, wives, husbands. They themselves will become poor and wretched. And arriving Iha, arriving here at the place of pastimes, that means Vrindavan, that's where all this... If you hear about Krishna Lila, the people will run up after that place where all the things they are hearing about took place. <clears throat> so they arrive here, she says, to Braj, and they start to beg for living, somehow or other. And interestingly, Sri Jiva says that instead of Dina, we can interpret Dina as Dira, as Sri Swami said, but the idea of Dira sober person, in this case, takes another form, takes an idea of further criticism by Shirada. Dira means sober or undisturbed, because such people will become undisturbed due to hard-heartedness. Their heart will become hard, like Krishna's. By hearing about the cruel one, they will become cruel. By hearing about the one whose heart is hard, they will become Dira. So in this case, Dira is not used to glorify. Hmm? He who hears Harikata and becomes sober because of transcending material attachment, but his heart becomes hard, like Krishna's. Hmm? And Sri Jiva concludes with paraphrasing Sri Radha, saying, particularly... There are many birds here in Braj <clears throat> which, are, which are inclined to sing because of absorption in him. Again, always in him. They act like, burger, like beggars for a living and she asks to the bumblebee then, to the Madhukari, are you one among them? You seem like a bird. You are flying and you try to sing about Krishna. And usually these birds sing about the, his pastimes, but we do not take pleasure in that. So how can your singing, his pastimes then give us pleasure? Even those birds who are singing are in pain. They do not find themselves pleasure in that. So how can your singing, your humming, your buzzing, give us pleasure then? So at the end, she, she ends up insulting the bumblebee, if you will. So these are some of the revelations that Sri Lajiva Goswami Pat shares with us concerning the meaning of this verse. So let us conclude our series of commentaries by going to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's Sarartha Darshini, his commentary on the, on the Bhagavatam. Sarartha Darshini, that which allows us to have Darshan, Darshini, which allows us to see the Sarartha, the very essence of that which is to be attained, of the ultimate purpose of everything. So according to Srila Chakravarti Pat in this verse, Sri Radha is saying that narrations of Krishna, of Krishna Lila, Krishna's pastimes, create sorrow for the entire world. She's not only speaking for herself, again. Just hearing about the pastimes of Krishna, which are performed at every moment, as we mentioned, Anucharita, which may also have the philosophical implication that these Lilas are always taking place somewhere in some planet Earth of some material universe, as we know. Just hearing about this is nectar for the years. So, what to speak of the joy one gets by understanding their meaning. Again, we are going back to the other possibility of interpretation in this verse. 
overtly there is criticism, but in a more implicit way, there is praise to the power of Harikata. So if only hearing Harikata, a drop of it just once, is nectar for the ears. What to speak, if you really understand the meaning of that, the full, all the implications of every one of these lines and all the different layers of meaning as they are presented by great personalities like Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. So like a way of, this may be also considered like Kaimutya Nyaya. Here the verse is saying, even one drop of this nectar completely destroys the propensities of duality. So Kaimutya Nyaya means, what if? Now, if this is so only with a drop of this nectar, what to speak about being drenched in, in, the, in an ocean of Harikata? <clears throat> So this is a very important point here also. So even one drop of this hmm, destroys all... Of course, we may ask, this is a classical question, we may ask why... I mean, I have heard so many hours of Harikata and still I have duality propensity. So the, que the next question for us is, did I really hear Harikata as I should be? Which was my role as a hearer? Because the result is there, there is no artabad, there is no exaggeration here. Like all these verses we find in the scripture, if you just chant Hari's name once, half the syllable, and, and, and your heart is not melting, that means some offense is there. It's not a script shastras exaggerating of, or Labo Matra Sadhu Sangha Sarvasiddhi Hoi. Only for one microsecond, <laughs> nanosecond of association with Sadhu Sarvasiddhi Hoi, all perfection come. And we may ask, well, I have had so many hours with them, still Siddhi is not coming. So again, we have to think about what's association and how much we're engaging in that. As our Guru Maharaj will say, <clears throat> all the things that the Shastras say that are not exaggeration take place at every moment in Niti Navadu. All the things, chanting one moment of Srinam, one moment of association, one moment of hearing Harikata, one drop, all the symptoms, all these results comes and happens over and over again. So that's a reality. So, here in this verse again, some Kaimutya Nyaya is there. Only one drop destroys all these propensities, as well as propensities of mutual friendship between woman and man, says Sri Vishwanath, paraphrasing Sri Radha. If a wife, he, he further clarifies, if a wife hears discussions about Krishna, she immediately gives up affection for her husband, in, in the sense of material attachment for him. And if a husband hears them, he gives up affection for his wife. So be careful, all of you there. <laughs> the Venu Gita, this example is being given. The Devis, the, the, has, the, the wives of the Devas are hearing Krishna's flute and they feel attracted to Krishna, thinking, oh, what will my husband think about this? They, they, they give up attraction to them. But the Devas, while hearing the flute of Krishna, they feel that they develop female sensibilities attracting to the Krishna flute and they are thinking, oh, what my wife will think <laughs> if she knows they, they lost all attraction for their wives. And all of them were attracted to Krishna, which of course is the idea. If you have a husband or a wife, the idea is not that you increase your attraction to her or to him in material terms, but she or he helps you to increase your attraction towards Krishna, basically. That's the whole idea of Krihasta Ashram. So Shirad again seems to be condemning that, but is actually praising that. So she, And she continues through Vishwanath. The same is also true for a child, for example, in connection with his mother. He will, and his father, he will leave all attraction for them and their parents will leave all attraction for the boy if they enter in touch with Harikata. Therefore, 
by this mutual rejection, they will all become ruined. Which again, we understand it from our Salak perspective is no, that's real success. <laughs> but she speaks from the perspective of the Lila and Divian Ma. Though the people, she continues, who develop a taste for Krishna's pastime as soft-hearted, they also become hard-hearted, as we mentioned, merciless and ungrateful after hearing the pastimes of Krishna, who is hard-hearted, merciless and ungrateful. And just by hearing about Krishna, they immediately give up their homes and families, including even their parents and sisters-in-laws, in law, who then suffer with no other means of support, and without even enough money for the next day's food. Again, gopi situation. <laughs> they become penniless after leaving their families due to having forgotten to tie up even a few coins in their cloth, says because of the agitation of their minds while leaving. That's the case of the gopis. They are at home and Krishna plays the flute, no consideration, no consequence of what will happen. That's Vrindavan, the land when they do not measure any consequence whatsoever. They're just driven by passionate attraction. That's the very idea of ragatmika. They're amazed of that passionate love for Krishna. There's no calculation at all. And Shirata <coughs> continues saying, And this is not the case of only one man or two, or just three or four people. This has been the case with countless hundreds and thousands of people. And she's giving testimony for them. Then Vishwanath, <coughs> following in the footsteps of Srila Jiva Goswami, says, if, if we read Dina as Dira, that can be possible, that will mean in spite of seeing their wife cry, they are moved and hard-hearted and they leave home. Implying the same idea we were mentioning. And of course then, Vishwanath invokes the bumblebee, and rather hears the bumblebee asking her, and how did, do the, these people maintain their lives? who run from their homes without discrimination. And Shirada will answer, according to Vishwanath Chakravarti Pad, <coughs> that just like birds, they live by begging, just collecting small amounts of wheat and other grains, here and there, a little bit here, a little bit there, like madukar, a little bit of pollen, this flower, instead of taking substantial charity from one single person, being supported, but no, they do not have that advantage. And Sri Vishwanath says that the word Eva in this verse, which generally is translated like, like, as like, like this, like that, is often instead is, is often usually instead of Iha. Actually in the verse the word is Iha, it's not Eva. Iha means here in Braj, as we mentioned, and Eva means just like. So if we take Iha as Eva, Sri Vishwanath says that in that case that will mean such people, Sri Radha says, comes, come here begging, in Braj, the place of suffering, and they will suffer even more in our association. Just like us. That's the idea. They come here, and they become just like us, by association. <clears throat> and interestingly, Shivishwanath Chakravarti Thakur also concludes his purpose, saying like, at this point, someone may say the following, Object the following. Krishna Lila is like a poisonous mixture of sugar cane juice, very sweet, and powdered seeds of the datura plant, poisonous stuff. A combination of the two. Poisonous but too sweet to leave them, it basically. 
and the speaker of Krishna's pastimes will be considered a murderer in the dress of a saint, and the Puranas are the net, and the speaker of Harikata may be seen wandering from forest to forest with the Puranas tucked under his arm, and Vyas and others are the makers of this net, which teaches that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And to this possible argument, Sri will reply, Yes. And it is for this reason, I mean, yes in one sense only, as we will see. It is for this reason that Krishna has accepted the role of the Supreme. <laughs> so again, we had here another example of Aishwarya. Sri says, yeah, I think that's why Krishna accepted to be God. Because he's thinking, just like the gopis, I will make all the people in the universe fall into an ocean of suffering. Indeed, Shira, no, so that's Aishwarya again. She's accepting for a minute in her ecstasy. That's why Krishna is God. He accepted being God because of this. For her, the idea of God is totally secondary, as you will see. As we can see. And she continues saying, indeed, seeing others suffering is, all, is Krishna's only happiness. And as a result, Krishna must bear the consequence of giving such misery to others, not be us and other sages. They are not to blame. Only Krishna is to blame. And that's why he became God, basically, to make us and everyone else suffer. That's the madness of Radha's subjective view of him in this particular Sanchari Bhav. So, <laughs> so then Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, as we can see, there are thousands of implications in this verse. So we may have just a glimpse of some of them, but he, he makes this point. There are thousands, like in playing, I could continue just commenting on this verse for eternity and there is no end, but so many nuances, so many possibilities and levels, because that's what love implies. Someone who has love and speaks so many multi-layered, multi-dimensional ideas are happening, all of them simultaneously at the same time. That's the magic of love, the madness of love. So, thousands of implications in this verse. But, and then he says, go into the type of particular mad talk Shirad is speaking here. He, he says that through condemnation here, Rad is indirectly praising Krishna, as we already mentioned. And therefore, she's establishing the super excellence of Sudha Bhakti in the form of Harikata, again, the glories of Harikata, the effect of Harikata. By mentioning the example of the birds, he continues, Sri Radha is showing that it is appropriate to leave Krishna because he inflicts pain on innocent people. Such remorseful statements constitute Abhijalpa. So this is a type of Chitra Jalpa, remember every verse of Brahmari Git is an example of one of ten types of Chitra Jalpa of colored, colorful talks, mad talks. So this is Abhijalpa. How is Abhijalpa defined? But Srila Rupa Goswami Ujbal Nilamani. He says that when a lover indirectly states with remorse that her beloved is fit to be given up because he is so cruel that he tortures even the innocent birds, or because that person makes other people act like birds, as we were seeing, such speech is called Abhijalpa. So here we find that idea even with the example of the bird in itself, which further illustrates this verse is fit to be identified in that particular context. 
So before reaching our conclusion, let's read one more time the verse, but this time through the lips of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, that as we know, he has rendered this Brahmar Gita in poetry, poeticized version in Bengali. So now we will share just the translation, the English translation of that such Bengali poetry. So he's saying, or Shirad is saying through him, I know that Krishna Katha has the potency to destroy the creeper of the three bhargas, dharma, artha, and kam. If one drinks even a drop of the nectarian Krishna's pastimes through his ears, he will abandon everything, becoming a virtuous person free of attachment and hatred. Without trying to enjoy any sense gratification, he is like a bird, subsisting just on alms, and he quickly gives up any connections with his gloomy household and the homes of his relatives. Although it is very suitable, I am unable of that. Sushirada through Bhaktisiddhanta laments here at the end. And he's showing the real intention that all oh, this is very suitable, actually. That's the idea. So... Well, what we can say in this connection, well, to begin with, that certainly the way in which Shirad is glorifying Krishna, remember he's glorifying Krishna, she's the very personification of Krishna, Kirtan, so nothing except for Kirtan can come from her, out of her. So she's, find, she's glorifying Krishna by finding faults in him, in verses like this one. And this type of praise is far superior to the way in which other great personalities, sages like Narad Muni, Vyasadev, glorify Krishna reverentially by acknowledging his Aishwarya, his position as Bhagavan. Sri may acknowledge Krishna as Bhagavan, but in the context of abusing him. And that's much more pleasing to him. So again, here we find in this verse, as I mentioned, deep praise hidden in the form of condemnation. So this, this receives a particular name. This is called in Sanskrit Vyaja Stuti. So Vyaja Stuti. Stuti means glorification and Vyaja has to do with condemnation. So Vyaja Stuti is a particular type of expression which implies, again, praise through condemnation. There are two nice verses that Srila Rupa Goswami shares in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in the first section of the book. Second chapter verses 239 and 240, I will share them with you, which are perfect examples of this Vyaja Stuti. The first one may be more well known, but actually the second one is even more uh, clear in this connection. There's a more intense condemnation, if you will. So the first verse says like this I will read just the English translation here. Oh, my friend, if you desire to enjoy with your friends and relatives, then do not look upon the form of the law of, of, of Krishna called Govinda, wandering near Keshitirta on the bank of the Jamuna River, with a slight smile on his lips, posed with three bands in his, fo in his body, eyes glancing everywhere in a crooked fashion, flute placed on his red lower lip like a tender bud, and shining gloriously with a peacock feather. So again, it seems I'm giving caution to you, be careful. But the caution is, 
if you desire to enjoy with your friends and relatives. In other words, if you want to remain in the deep, dark hole of material attachment, then do not go to Keshigat. Then do not hear that flute. And, 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 and when you are saying all that, you start to glorify Krishna more and more. Then do not go to that beautiful Tribanga Lalita personality which has a peacock feather and which is charming and, and so on. <laughs> but it seems you are criticizing all that. It seems you are criticizing what you are praising and it seems you are praising what you are actually criticizing. And again, the second verse of Factor Asambrita is even more intense in this connection. So it says like this, and it, all of this, this is connected to specifically to Harikata and to the hearing of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, what, what we are trying to do at this very moment. So please do not feel that I'm insulting you and just repeating the verse. <laughs> so the verse starts saying, Oh, idiots, how fortunate you are. I think that you must have been hearing all the syllables one by one of the verses of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Because your ears are now denouncing the most suspicious goals of Dharma, Artha and Kama, and even decrying the fourth goal of liberation, which is most blissful. <laughs> so again, we are not being actually called idiots, this is indirect language, it seems you are condemning all that thing, but actually you are glorifying all oh, this tenth canto has the potential to abrupt not only the Tribarga, Dharma, Artha, Kama, but even to the point of taking you moksha krit mukti, liberation is seen as totally hmm, insignificant. Hmm? So this is, in other words, this tenth canto, dasama skanda of the Bhagavatam is taking us to panchama purusharta prem, pancham purusharta, the fifth goal of life, post-liberated status, even above hmm, freedom from samsara. So actually this so-called unfortunate is the real fortune and so on. So this is how Vyajastuti works, hmm? basically. And also sometimes they say in the context of uh, Alankar, poetic ornamentation, literary ornamentation, uh, this verse can be called Aprastuta Prasamsa, which basically has to do with conveying the subject by something that is not the subject. So this is another way of also referring in, in the technical terms to this type of expression found also in this verse or found in this verse of Ramar Gita. So let me give me some more minutes. I would like to continue and to close basically today's meeting by uh, doing what I promised some weeks ago to Arjuna Siddhi. She very uh, kindly suggested the the, 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 the the reading of a book called Prems and Put hmm? and in this connection we will share some words today about that hmm? and, and, and this with the intention of assuring that we are not misunderstanding on one side Radha's words as if she is not actually loving Krishna we shouldn't think like this or also to be careful to not misunderstand that Krishna is really cruel and he does not love Sri Radha and so on so these two misunderstanding can be, can happen when we hear a section like Brahma Gita. So to make it clear that we are not going through that, we will give, share some brief summary of a book called Prem Samput. And I will recommend each of you to, to read that, to study that in this connection as well, as a complementary study to the Brahma Gita, which is a book written by, a short book written by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. So this point is, in this book, all this is very, very clear. How much 
Sri Radha loves Krishna, how much Sri Krishna loves Sri Radha, both directions. So in the same way as we need to understand what is that thing that Krishna feels for her and how he's trying to reciprocate with Sri Radha and the gopis, and we have tried to speak about that by quoting Sri Rupa's Udhav Sandesh, his book when he's sending Udhav and, and putting so much clarification into the message he has to convey, on how much he loves each one of the Brajabhasis, or when we spoke about how Krishna's Mahaprabhu, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Dev, accepts sannyas hmm, to show the gopis how much I love you and I will try to give up my family ties as you gave up your family ties for me. Hmm. So when I sent Udav to Braj, I didn't do that just to pacify my parents, as you said. They say this before in this section. <laughs> no, because of you mainly, actually. Hmm. So in the same way that the same way we need to understand how Krishna actually loves Sri Radha, the same way we need to understand what is that thing that Sri Radha feels, beyond what is apparent, what seems to be, what the apparent situation seems to be. So we already shared some words from the Hamsadut and some of these messages that Lalita sent through the Swan, but now we will share some words about Prem Samput. So we are, as you say, resorting to some other complementary uh, works that are really nourishing for our understanding of this topic. So I will share some brief summary of Prem Samput here, hopefully to tempt you to embrace the whole work from tip to toe. So basically, again, brief summary. Krishna appears in front of Sri Radha, but disguised as a heavenly damsel, with the excuse that, oh, I was in Swarga. Sri Radha asks, who are you? You are an unknown girl for us here, but you are so attractive, so beautiful. Tell me, who are you? Are you a goddess? So she told, <clears throat> yes, I'm coming, I'm descending from Swarga because all the ladies there were actually disturbed by the sound of a flute. So I was intrigued about the source of that sound. So I descended to earth and I got to meet the source of that flute, of course, Krishna. And I was able to witness the Rasa Lila, the sacred circular dance between Krishna and the gopis. So this heavenly damsel, which is again Krishna in disguise, starts to glorify Sri Radha's love for Krishna, the nobility of her affection, but she starts to criticize Krishna, saying, Krishna doesn't deserve you. You are so, so grateful to, for him. He's a womanizer. He's a devotee. He, he abandoned the gopis. If we go to the Rasa Lila, he abandoned the gopis first and ran only with Sri Radha. And then he abandoned Sri Radha as well. So he's such a cruel guy. So basically what this heavenly damsel Krishna himself is saying He's repeating all the things that Sri Radha herself is saying here in the Brahman Gita. <laughs> he's ungrateful, he's cruel, he's he abusing Krishna. But we will see that in Prem Samput, Sri Radha will say, no, this is not like this. <laughs> what she herself is saying this in the Brahman Gita. So basically she's implying, only me can speak about this, about the, like that to, about Krishna. Nobody else. She has the right to speak like that because she has a particular type of prem. So, unless you are Sri Radha, unless you have her bhav, you cannot speak these words. So, only Sri Radha and her close, dear most, like the Manjaris, like the Sakis, will be able to abuse Krishna, criticize him in the context of loving him, in the context of giving him pleasure and increasing the experience of rasa for both parties. 
So Shirada replies saying, no, it's not like this. And she starts to speak to this heavenly, so-called heavenly damsel about Krishna. Nothing compares with him, his beauty, his love, his sweetness. And Shirada starts to imagine, oh, you will be so happy if you were able to meet Krishna and, and, and give him enjoyment. Oh, you will be so happy being with him. So she shows, I have no jealousy, actually. I just, I'm thinking in terms of increasing Krishna's happiness. And then she continues to give a whole dissertation about the nature of love, about the nature of Prem. Prem Samput means the locket love. Samput means locket. So Shirada says that the nature of unconditional love is such that once it manifests, it is not easily destroyed or it's not destroyed at all. This love is so firm and so vast that it never wavers, nor can it ever be annihilated even after hearing criticism of the loved one which is what Radha is witnessing. This other lady is criticizing Krishna, but Shirada's love for Krishna is not wavering, it's just increasing. So then Shirada invites this heavenly damsel again, live with me, stay with me here in Braj, and gradually you will understand the nature of prayer. This is not something so easy to grasp, basically. By being close to me, you will be, by witnessing my prayer, you will be able to understand. Shirada says it is not possible to understand the prayer the three Krishna and I have for each other, just by talking about it, about it, it is only possible to understand it by observing it, by witnessing someone who has it. Udab was sent to Vrindavan with that purpose in mind. He heard about that, but he had to witness that by in person, and Krishna sent him to Brash in that connection. So then Shirada continues saying, anyone who says, this is the extent of Prem, this is Prem, this is the nature of Prem, or this is not the nature of Prem. They know nothing about Prem. They speak lip service to Prem. You have to have it, you have to witness it. Prem is Swasambedya. Swasambedya means it can only be experienced by itself. Unless you have Prem, you cannot understand Prem. Unless you become mad, you cannot understand a mad person. And she shared so many other considerations about Prem, like Prem cannot remain strong if it is expressed on the outside explicitly, directly, with words such as, I love you dearly. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, Prem will decrease. We will see so much that in this world. I love you, I love you, I love you, and eventually nobody ends up loving anyone. <laughs> and someone who really loves someone, they won't say, I love you, I have love for Krishna. That's what Shastra said. Those who ask that they love Krishna, they do not love Krishna. <laughs> and so on. And then Radha continues defining Prem. And she says, when the deep emotion that binds a young couple does not break despite many reasons, it is called Prem. That's a very nice definition that actually is given by Sri Rupa Goswami. Prem means that type of emotion that binds two people together despite all obstacles. Mm -hmm. and, on, and, and Prem is not only not diminished by obstacles, but it is nourished by obstacles, as we spoke recently. And there the famous example comes with the lion and the elephant. The elephant that comes appears like an obstacle to the lion trying to attack him, but the lion defeats the elephant and feeds on the elephant. So he nourishes himself on the obstacle. Or sometimes example is given of a current of the river. The current is flowing on some speed, and suddenly the current of the river is obstructed by anything, by something. And how the water will continue its course, the water will overcome the obstruction and flow with redoubled force. 
So again, the obstacle created intensified, upgraded, maximized expression of that same flow. And so love is a flow, if you will, it's a current. Shirada's name, and the opposite is dhara. Dhara means current or to flow. So she flows towards Krishna. With, and, and, and if obstacles come on the way, that intensifies her flow. So in conclusion, we could say, she said, attraction for the beloved increases in proportion to the obstacles encountered. So that's real love. So we can have an experience of the opposite of that, maybe, <laughs> when not having love and some obstacle come and we get discouraged and we are thinking about abandoning everything or whatever, killing ourselves, who knows what, <laughs> instead of increasing one's own passion. So many examples in the life of our saints, also the Goswamis not being able to join Mahaprabhu, and they didn't get discouraged. The fire of their passion increased more and more. The obstacles were like fuel in their fire. That's the nature of Prem. Love moves in a crooked way like a snake. And that has many meanings, this idea. But one of them, Srila Siddharmaras will say, the loops, love moves in a crooked way because it embraces everything on its way, on its progress, and it's not leaving anything behind. So includes everything and nourishes from everything. That's the nature of Prem. Everything has the potential to nourish hmm, that Prem. So Prem is all-embracing, all-pervading, and it's so powerful and pure that has the capacity of taking even the most impure thing and make that an Udipana, hmm. something that will instill inspiration in that particular Prem. Bharat is famous, the, the, the author of Natya Shastra. He further defines this type of Prem, which has to do a lot with, with, with Parakiyaba. We are entering here in this direction. Shiraz is speaking about Prem, but Prem among a couple, so that has to do with Madhurya, and now we go to Parakiya, which is characterized by obstacles from society and family. So Bharat will say that the Prem that is strongly objected to by society and religion, which means the prem of lovers, in which the lover, the nayaka, and the beloved, the nayaka, must hide their amorous desires, and in which loving union is difficult to attain, that's called manmata sambandita parama priti, or the supreme passionate affection. So that's how his parakya could be defined. That's objected by society and religion, dharma, that goes against dharma, is a transgression to dharma. They must hide the love, gopi means, had to do with gup, gupta. The root gupta is there, to hide. It's not explicitly shown. That's why we find so much indirect knowledge, indirect speech, sorry, especially in Madhuri It seems something, but actually means something else. And the union is difficult to attain. There's so many daily obstacles. But all of this, again, nourishing the passion. So that's a supreme passionate affection, the highest form considered by our acharyas. So then Shirada continues, speaking about Krishna, glorifying Krishna, expressing her love for him, his, and his love for her. She defines Krishna as an ocean of prem. He's both an ocean of, an ocean of prem and a mine of jewel-like qualities. He's this, and, this is, and here comes a very important point. Bear with me some extra minutes today, please. His deceitfulness, his fickleness, his crookedness, all the things that she seems to be criticizing here, and other such qualities are extremely charming. Mm. 
He devises how to increase a woman's love for him by presenting his prayer in the semblance of lust before them all. That's a very important point. Because Krishna's attitude seems to be totally worthy of condemnation. He seems to be a teenager full of lust. But Sri Radha is mentioning, no. In the context and dynamics of Parakiyabhav, forbidden love, he's hiding his actual love for us and acting as something else, as love. It appears as if last. That's what we call Kama Rupa Bhakti. That's the love of the gopis for Krishna. And somehow that's the love of Krishna for the gopis. Kama Rupa, it takes the Rupa, the form of Kama, of lust, but actually is the purest type of love. So he acts like this because he knows this attitude will increase also the love in, in the other person. So that's, a, that's what Krishna said to the gopis. Why you left us in the Rasa Lila? To increase your love. Why you uh, separated from us? When, to increase your love. And that's the best. Because I love you, I wish the best for you. So wish the best for you means wish your prayer to increase. So I realized this was the best way to do that. So that's why he takes that particular stance. And all this fickleness and deceitfulness that seems so condemnable... Shirada says they are totally charming. <laughs> and in the context of that, then Shirada in Prem Samput explains in detail why Krishna left her in the Rasa Lila. In the context of Prem. I won't enter into the details of that. And then the heavenly damsel replies to Shirada, Okay, my dear Saki, you have explained to me the following characteristics of Prem. And, and Krishna himself repeats them to see, let's see if I learned them properly. Because remember, he's learning from Surada what's Prem eventually. I learned the following from you. Even the faults of the beloved may be perceived as good qualities. The many troubles given by the beloved may appear to be nectar. One with Prem is unable to bear even the slightest difficulty felt by the beloved. We see this in the Gopis also. They cannot even tolerate Krishna's being lotus feet souls being pricked by some hmm, stones in the in the forest and offering their their softest part in the body for that not to happen one with premise enabled to give, give up the body even if he wishes to that's the situation of Radha here in separation from Krishna she wants but she cannot and at every step one perceives unprecedented glories in the beloved even when there are none hmm? and rather this premise in you alone so, it's important this point here. The heavenly damsel who is Krishna himself, he's in full humility witnessing the degree of Radha's Prem and himself in full humility feeling, I don't have Prem for you. This Prem is only you, Krishna is saying. He's saying that, actually saying that. You have such a Prem, such an integrity in you, I don't have that Prem. Of course, he's not saying I'm Krishna, but he's saying in the disguise of the heavenly damsel, Krishna doesn't have this prem. Only you have this prem. Because he as Krishna is feeling that. I don't have that prem. You feel unpre- you perceive unprecedented glories in the beloved. Even when there are none. Krishna is feeling. I have no glories. I have no good qualities. I'm actually a rascal. But you say that I'm so charming. That's the glory of your love. So someone who has prem. Will feel that. And that humility will be there. Sanatana Goswami says. Humility and prem nourish one another. One takes to. Prem takes to higher humility, higher humility takes to Prem, and so on. So this 
lady says like this, Krishna is a heavenly damsel. Only you have this prem, not Krishna. Because Krishna himself feels, I don't have that. <laughs> and all this can be connected to, of course, the desire of he tasting that and Mahaprabhu and so on. Our Guru Maharaj spoke about Prem Samput in the last lecture on, on, on Gaur Purnim in this connection. That's a very recommended one again if you want to go back there. So to this Shirada replies very nicely. We are almost reaching our end here. She says, when she hears only you have this Prem, not Krishna, she hears this separation on one side you, on the other side Krishna. She says, factually, the real truth is this. Krishna and me, we are one soul. So it is not possible for one soul to become two. And she gives a very nice analogy. In a lake, there are two lotuses. One blue lotus and one golden lotus. Krishna Radha. And these two lotuses may bloom for a, from a single stem. So in the same way, she says, our two bodies, one blue and one yellow, golden, are connected as one life. As bodies, we are separate, but by nature, we are one. Krishna is by nature blissful, Ananda, Ananda Maya Vyasat, and I, by nature, am joyful, Ladini. And just as fire and its burning potency are one, there is no difference between the potency and the possessor of potency, between Shakti and Shaktiman. We cannot be distinguished from each other when seen as a person and the person's potency. But for the sake of rasa, this is our point, for the sake of rasa, since Brahman is rasa, rasa Saha, we manifest in separate forms as Radha and Krishna. And without pastimes, without lila, which means loving interaction among the two, we cannot relish each other. And without form, we cannot perform pastimes. So form is facilitating this relishing. When the, and when the wind of separation from each other blows, the flames of our two bodies tremble, and we both faint at the same time. So she's making it clear. It's not only me in separation, suffering and fainting and so on. we both doing that simultaneously at the same time, because we are one. And two at the same time. And the Sakis, all of whom are expert, very anxiously try to stop this wind from blowing this separation from happening. So they remove all our distress and restore our peaceful condition by arranging for us to enter the house of happiness in each other's company. Hmm? Union, somehow, somehow or other. Hmm? So finally, and just to close how I will tell you the end of the story with your permission, but you please read it in detail because there are many nice verses there. So after hearing, remember, here is Krishna taking lessons, upgrading his own experience of Prem by witnessing his own Shakti personified speaking. So Krishna's the heavenly damsel will tell Radha here, okay, but I need to see some proof that your words are true in connection to Krishna, all the things. If you and Krishna are one, if you are experiencing something simultaneously, then if you can make him appear at this very moment, make him present by just meditating in him, then I will believe that you and him are one and all the things you are telling about him. So Krishna, the heavenly damsel, is presenting this challenge to Sirada. And she accepts that. I say, okay. And she sits like a jogini and closes her eyes and starts to meditate and to pray to her Ista Devata. Sirada's Ista Devata is Suryadev, the deity of family, Vishvanurasa and so on. 
So she starts to meditate and pray to Suryadev, please Suryadev, before all my austerities and offerings have birth fruit, please make Krishna appear, and, and if my love for him is real, please confirm that. And meanwhile, Krishna is taking all these garments of the heavenly damsel out and appearing as Krishna himself, flute in hand, and all the gopis and mangers who were witnessing that are about to say something and Krishna says, do not say anything. So Suryadev starts to meditate about Krishna and suddenly she opens her eyes and there Krishna is confirming Shiradas. Well, all this beautiful, charming Lila narrated in the Premis and Put actually happened. Why? Because Krishna wanted to establish the glory of Shiradas love in this world, for this for all the people in this world. And he knew this will happen if her love neither faltered or decreased slightly even after she heard criticism about him from him in the form of this lady. And it did happen in that way. So in this way we can see how, although it seems that Krishna may not love Radha, we can see how he loves her, and similarly we can see how she loves him, especially in the context of this Brahma Gita. So let me finish just this meeting with one charming, beautiful example in this connection, of how much Sri Radha loves him, even though it may seem otherwise at moments, like in this Brahma Gita. And it, this is connected with Sri Radha's nose pearl. It is said that Sri Radha wears a pearl in her nose, below her nose, which is white, a pearl, generally. But sometimes the pearl appears, or generally, the pearl appears like half black in the upper section and half red in the, down, in the lower section. So it seems like a gunja bead, like the gunja mala that Giriraj uses. So someone may ask, how has the pearl on Radha's nose become black and red, like gunja beads? And some ignorant poets, it is said, <laughs> will say, oh, that's because of a reflection. The upper part, the black part, reflects on Shirada's black eyeliner, the kajal, so it becomes black. And the lower part of the pearl reflects on Shirada's red lip lipstick and becomes red. But that's only the version of ignorant poets. Real learned poets will say something different. The red color represents Shirada's anurag, or passionate love for Krishna. And the blackish color, half of the pearl, represents Krishna himself. So, Krishna and Krishna's anurag affect... And, and these colors came out and em embraced the pearl every time Shurada breathes through her nose. And this breath repre colors represent... Colors, this breathing represent colors her nose pearl. Because she's breathing only for Krishna, her praneshwar, her prananat, the lord of her life. When one is in love, as I always say, you are not breathing, you are just sighing. Ah, ah. So this confirms how she only lives for him. She's Krishna Mai. Everything in her is regarding Krishna. So some words we wanted to share today to further palm this post and rest assured that we are properly understanding this beautiful and bewildering and overwhelming <laughs> Brahma Gita, this most esoteric and mysterious section of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, we will allow some few minutes if any of you has any questions. Seems there are no questions today. Everyone is speechless, like Udav must be at this precise moment. We're hearing today's verse, so that's a good symptom. Uh, whatever questions you may have, of course, during these days, you can leave them in the thread section. Also, in our Tatpa Vivek Facebook group, we also encourage all of you to continue dialogue the conversation and discussion on these topics on a daily basis so we, we may meet there as well so we'll continue we will finish today's 
discussion by offering our pranam, following the footsteps of Uda, he invokes this beautiful Bhagavad verse when leaving Braj, and he puts his head on the ground onto the feet of the Brajagopikas under Harikata, especially Sirada's Brahmar Gita, we could say, which has the power and potential to purify all the three worlds. So we are in one of those sections with the hope of being sprinkled, at least with a speck dust, a drop, again, of this powerful Harikata that we have seen today has the potential of not only cleaning ourselves from all material attachment, but bestowing on us anurag, divine attachment for Shisirada and Krishna. Bandinanda Brajastrinam Padarinuma Bhikshnasa Jasam Harikatod Gitam Punati Bhuvanatri Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Grantara Srimad Bhagavatan Ki Jai Sri Brahmar Gita Ki Jai Gaur Bhaktavrinda Ki Jai Gaur Pramananda Hari Hari Bhur